0: I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin.
1: Uh, 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 it's a GH Report. We got a lot of crazy things happening this week. We got Anna acting like a big dope. What's going on now is free to claim Wiley. Hey, everybody, welcome to the GH Report, bringing out all the craziness that's happening there in Port Charles, New York. Monday through Fridays on ABC TV. I'm your host, Frank Moran. Uh, I I went with the wide because we're just so used to the wide, but I'm going to just carefully pan over so you can see my up-close-and-personal face right here, folks. I'm Frank Moran. Carla Renata, who's usually my cohort in crime, she has been on assignment, but I think we may get a call from her in just a few minutes, so we'll be able to, while not see each other, we'll still be able to hear each other and have a nice conversation about what's been happening all this week on Port Charles, but... To make that happen, we need the best technician in town, the man who's going to make everything run smoothly for the show, and that's who we have here, Josh in the booth. Hey, Frank, how we doing? Oh, my gosh, knowing that you're
0: commanding the ship, I feel super confident. Well, listen, I'm going to be by the phone right now. When we get Carla in, I'll be sure to chime her in. Oh, man, look at that. So, yes, we'll be talking about
1: this. Uh, We'll talk maybe a little bit of news and gossip towards the end of the show, and uh, until that time when Carla says, you know what? Well, I'll I'll deem them, you know, uh, good enough to call in. We'll just talk about uh, some of the stuff that's been happening this week on Port Charles. Uh, Josh, I know you're a huge fan, so I know you've been watching, you know, with bated breath about everything that was happening this week.
0: Definitely. I do love all the drama that goes on in Port Charles. <laughs>
1: that's true. For such a small town in New York, it has such a lot of drama.
0: Definitely. Uh, probably the biggest thing that happened this week, though, is that uh,
1: Real Andrews, who came back to reprise his role as Marcus Taggart, and uh put his life on the line to save his daughter uh ended up losing his life during the uh the warehouse shootout it looked like that he had died last friday uh the previous friday's episode as he kind of kind of re- leaned over to the side while he was in the warehouse cuz he was bleeding out from a uh, stomach gunshot but uh, a little bit of a fake out because he actually did make it to general hospital and was uh alert enough to both get uh, the riot act read to him by jordan uh, uh, actually kind of reached some sort of kind of uh agreement or uh, just like a little understanding between him and Sonny. And uh, then got to spend a little time with his daughter, Trina. And things seemed to be going good until he sent her away to go get uh, some malted milk balls uh, because that's his favorite candy to eat. And Josh, if you were in the hospital and you needed to eat one type of candy, what would you – if you were saying, hey – do me a favor. Run out to the, the vending machine and get me this. What would it
0: be? Funny enough, I had a similar conversation to this with my girlfriend. She was asking me if I had a favorite candy, like a few weeks ago. And then yesterday, we were talking about warheads, like sour candies. Yeah. I remember That's used to eating those best when best I was a kid. kid, and I was like, you know what? Remember when you said I had a favorite candy and I didn't say I had one? Well, scratch that. Warheads. So if I was in the hospital, I'd definitely ask for some Warheads.
1: Are Warheads? I've never had Warheads myself. So they're they're completely sour the whole way through, or do they get sweet as you get uh, to the center?
0: They are initially sour at first, but once you get to the center, it's super, super sweet. I remember just eating those as a little kid and just loving them and then just forgetting about them until yesterday. (laughs) What are they shaped like? Uh, They're shaped more or less like a cough drop in a sense, just a little bit bigger than a cough drop, and it's just really just sour. It has different flavors, so you have uh, lemon, you have watermelon, you have, uh, I believe, thunder blueberry or something like Mm. that. I forget what it was, but it's just the packaging of it. I always remember that. It's just uh, a caricature of a face. With a top blowing up the top of the head and just uh, sour pucker lips, and you'll never forget that.
1: I uh, when you when you call it candy warhead, the fact that it's shaped like cough drops and not like a missile seems like a big miss.
0: Well, you're not really focused on that when you're definitely pucking up your lips from the sourness.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, for me, it would be milk duds.
1: Josh, I'm a milk duds guy through and through. Classic. Can't go wrong with those. I, I want them. Uh, I want my teeth stuck together with a mixture of caramel and chocolate. And, uh, you know, have the dentist have to come to unlock my jaw while I'm in the hospital getting uh, worked on for some other reason. But uh, he ended up asking for uh, malted milk balls, which I'm not a huge fan of. You can't get me to pick Whoppers. I'll never choose Whoppers. But he does, sends Trina to the vending machine, and when when she comes back, finds out that Taggart, there was something that went on. There was a blood clot, which often happens with gunshot wounds, and he had died. So... uh, I talked with Carlo about this last week, saying that if you're going to bring back a a character like Taggart, you do need to set some stakes for this gang war. So, you know, it's one thing to kill the two other partners that Taggart Jordan had. We never met them. We had no relationship to them. Uh, Basically, they're there just to kind of make the story seem, the stakes seem a little bit higher. But if you really want to hit home with how serious this is, you need to perhaps kill uh, somebody that may, while may not be a main featured character on General Hospital, can be somebody like like a Taggart, who comes back from the past. You do have some affinity for him. You do have some relationships for him. You do have some feelings towards him but you can kill him off without doing any major repercussions to the main cast of characters. So I could see him being dead. I've also read rumors online that this could be a uh, you know a uh, a fake out that he faked his own death just to lie low so Trina would be safe and that he could go and pursue Cyrus while Cyrus thinks he's dead it gives him a chance to operate so, That could be also true, too. I mean, I'd be happy to see real Andrews come back as Taggart and find out that it was just a fake out the whole time. I I feel like that he he was laying in there in the hospital room with uh, with Jordan coming in with Trina right there, Trina holding his hand. So if that was a fake death, I mean, you're going to have to convince me that Epiphany and Lucas all bought into like, all right, yeah, we're we're, we're in on faking this death with you. And. Did they give him some sort of sedative that slowed his heart rate down so much that he could be in that room with people talking around him and nobody realizing like, hey, <laughs> that guy is still breathing? So, yeah i I will be you know I'll be curious to see how they were able to pull this one off. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind if they did it. Uh, so, folks, you know I was mentioning about uh, Carly calling me in a chat, and I'm sure you're wondering, hey, what if we want to share our thoughts about the JH report? Well, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can like us on Facebook. You can give us five stars on iTunes. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we also have a chat up and running. I know there are people already in there. Carla would usually give everybody a shout-out if
0: she were here, just just in your head. But while she's not here, I'm in the booth, and I'll give some people some oh, shouts yes! out right now. So we got Joe Costanzo. We got Tom Clev, We got Shakira Pickens. We got Annie Goen. We have Loretta Johnson. Of course, we got P.I. Kelly. We got Amber Purcell. We got Lindsey Wagner. We got Jody Delight. We got Dolores Leach. We got Rena Re- Sheen. Uh, we have, who else do we see? Jasmine Edwards. We got DT Durr. We have, I believe I saw Michael Bean here somewhere. Yep, we do see Mark Bean, Julie Pittman, uh, and a whole lot of other people just sending in their support for you, So thank you all for tuning in and stay tuned.
1: Well, Josh, they, they came to listen to you. I mean, they have to put
0: up with me. I mean, I think they're more in tune for yourself and Carla. I don't, I don't really think they really care who's in the booth or not. No, 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 Josh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to
1: describe myself as the sour exterior. They have to deal with me to get to you, the sweet little inside. So we're essentially the Warheads after show. That's right. Well, that's right. That, there you go. We're talking nothing about warheads today, folks. Call in. Let us know what your favorite flavors are. No, I'm just kidding. Don't call in. We, uh, this is not Ward's Candy Show Josh and I are working on that, we'll let you know when that's going to be spun off on After Buzz uh, it'll be an exciting show, you're going to love it coming to YouTube streams next month <laughs> that's right uh, So, you know, with one person down perhaps fatally and forever uh, Marcus Taggart everybody's reeling right now, There's the, the way to his death is affecting a lot of people, Taggart's time back when he was on the show I, in the you know, late 90s early 2000s I yeah, you know, he made a connection with a lot of different characters. So his return was great, but it also affects a lot of people when he's taken off the canvas now, too. So one is Trina. Uh, Elizabeth immediately takes her home to comfort her. And I did like the the bit with uh, Cameron recognizing that, holy cow, yeah, uh, when I thought I would lost Franco, Trina was really there for me. And I hope that I can be there for her. Now, he has this conversation with Franco. And, you know, I don't know what it is without Franco. It's... You know, I'm not the hugest Franco fan. I enjoyed Franco more when he was playing with Drew's memories, but when Cameron is kind of has this dilemma, uh, and you know, just his feelings, and he's trying to express it to, to Franco. Uh, I don't know. Franco just kind of, I don't know. He was just like, yeah, well, you know, you'll be there for her, and let's go. Hey, just, there. I don't know. It's like. Franco, for as much as he seemed like to want to make a connection with Elizabeth's kids, now that he's back and they're excited to have him back in his life, I don't know, Franco just kind of lets me down in terms of the the parental kind of support figure that you would want in in your life. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Uh but who does come to visit Trina though is Ava. She hears about what's happened to her dad and I have liked the the bit of a relationship that they've developed between Trina and Ava. And we'd always uh, – you know, her coming to the gallery, her interning, them kind of having a really kind of nice little bond that's been forming. And so it was a nice touch to have Ava come over and just to touch base with Trina. And it's always nice to see when Ava doesn't – yeah, at least on the surface and maybe even uh, consciously have any ulterior motives. But uh, we finally get to see Trina's mom. We've been hearing her mention, my mom, my mom, my mom. She finally arrives in town. We finally get to see her on camera. And uh, her reception to, to Ava is much, much chillier. Basically, she she knows about Ava's past. You know, she's married. she's been married to a, four, a cop. So she's tuned in to the Jerome family. And I'm sure she's read that Crimson article as well. But uh, she <laughs> just lets Ava know in no uncertain terms that, you know, no, Trina is my daughter. And I'll be taking care of her. And you don't need to worry about anything. And, you know, once again... Ava walks out of there wounded, as she does so well. Mara West is is great at playing the, the 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 version of Ava that wants to reach out to have that sort of human connection, and when it shut down, she just immediately gets so wounded and she leaves, and goes to the metro court. And I I do like that uh, Nicholas. You know, even though you know quote unquote is uh yeah, you know, Ava's husband says, uh, yeah, no, 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 she's probably better off on her own or or with somebody else that could probably be more comforting and understanding than I would be. So Franco chases her down to the Metro Court. And I did like it that Ava holds no ill will towards Trina's mom. And and even though found that Trina's mom was rather blunt in how she, you know, spoke to Ava, she could not deny the fact that uh Underneath it, the, the idea of that of Ava using Trina as sort of a substitute for Kiki is is true. You know, she saw a lot of stuff in in, in Trina that reminded her of Kiki, and so uh, consciously, subconsciously, uh, she was very drawn to Trina and uh, was forming that connection with her. But having that cold, cold water of reality just uh, splashing on you that says, no, "No, no, 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 this isn't your kid. This isn't my kid. I'll be taking care of my kid. Thank you very much." Uh, I'll be curious to see how the relationship with Ava and Trina plays out after that. I would still like it to exist because I, I have liked that that pairing and the dynamic and her being sort of a, a mentor to Trina. But I would like it there if there is that friction between uh, Mom and Ava. It could be for some nice scenes. So we've got Trina being taken care of by Elizabeth. We've got uh, Jordan, though. Jordan is angry at everybody. She's angry at uh, Taggart for doing this. For uh, going to the warehouse, for reaching out to Curtis rather than reaching out to her, and uh, for Taggart for Tagger dying, and uh, she's just mad at everybody, and it goes so far, in fact, as to draft her resignation letter and wants to come clean about everything she did—that she framed Cyrus with, uh, you know, she fought, fall- she set up Cyrus with plant by planting evidence that would convict him that he was guilty of, but still. She crossed the line as a, as a police officer by planting false evidence, even though it was pinning something that this guy actually did. Uh, but Curtis talks her out of it, says, hey, yeah, if you do this, Cyrus goes free. And not only that, every other righteous conviction that you've had since then is also going to be scrutinized and most likely overturned as well. So you're going to be doing a lot more damage by resigning. So better to keep this to yourself. And let's figure out a way to shut Cyrus down for good. And. You know, Curtis. Hey, Curtis has the right idea. I think where he says, "Hey, come with me." Takes him over to a Sunny's restaurant, and says, "Hey, you know, Sunny, you've got connections uh, with people that will tell you things that you will, that will never tell the police, and the police have information that they will never share with anybody on your side. So, why don't everybody? Why don't we all work together? I'll be the middle person because it wouldn't be good if you two were seen working together. But I'll be your go-between." And it seems like Sonny and Jason are kind of like, ah, I mean, we'd be down to try something like this. But Jordan adamant that she is not going to work with Sonny Corinthos, not at all. I mean, he may seem like a nice guy. He may, as she said, you know, have a award a, a wing in the hospital uh, named for for Stone, but that he that he's financed. Uh, but he's still a criminal, and true. Uh, he is a criminal. I mean, we never exactly know what he, what his particular stock and trade is in. They, we know what it's not, because he has some strict rules about stuff that is not going to come through. Poor Charles, but we never know exactly what it is, other than coffee. But she's adamant that she's not going to do do anything with Sunny. And I don't know. It's it seems kind of frustrating because it's uh, from from Curtis's point of view. I think he's like, hey, we've got to try anything we can to shut Cyrus down. You've lost three people that were working with you. You're the last person standing. And he's probably the one that's you're probably the one that's Cyrus is most heavily invested in. So we've got to do everything we can to keep you alive. Uh, But Jordan is so adamant. I I don't know what's going to push her to do it. The only thing I could think of that could possibly tip her tip the scales in her wanting to ultimately work with Sonny and Jason is if something happens with TJ. Because there's just that that unfortunate timing of uh, Molly and TJ's fallout from the failed proposal that TJ had to Molly and TJ left and Molly hasn't seen him since and tried to, uh, tried to find him at home, wasn't at home, goes to work, can't find him at work at the hospital. So goes to Jordan says, Hey, this all fell apart with uh, TJ. I'm trying to find him, uh, but I haven't seen him. And they compare texts and Jordan has a text from TJ that comes after Molly's last text with him. But we all know that he could easily have been kidnapped and somebody, one of Cyrus's men could have sent that text as well just to uh, get Jordan off the trail and they're holding out to TJ and they're going to reveal that they have him to get Jordan to do what they want. So I feel like if that is indeed the case, which it seems like that would be the easiest thing to do, and I don't know why Jordan, Jordan doesn't think that that could be a possibility. She Either she's playing the cards really close to the vest or she doesn't want to tip Molly that TJ could be in danger, but it seems like she's like, eh, it should be okay yeah she's probably he's just probably you know dealing with whatever is going on between you and him without really thinking oh wait a second uh everybody else has been touched by this that is a family member of one of these four people that were involved in the cyrus breakdown takedown excuse me uh maybe i should really get some eyes on tj and not just accept a a text message from him saying oh yeah i just need some distance right now so we'll see what happens there from sunny and jason's point of view uh, Sonny is, while he's worked with police officers before, he would rather have leverage so that he has at least some way to kind of walk away from the whole thing with, uh, without any kind of legal entanglements on his end. So he figures if he can get something on Jordan, specifically why? Uh, what Cyrus does have on Jordan, because they're easily able to figure out from Curtis's terrible poker face that there's something going on between Cyrus and Jordan. And most likely, it's not good. And so if Cyrus has something on Jordan, Sonny wants to know what that is, so he can use that as leverage to, now I don't necessarily force Jordan to help him, but just have some reason to have her be helping him. I don't know if he'd ever hold that against her. I feel like Sonny's got some honor about that, that he would want to just force it that they have to work together. But at the end, uh, you go your way, I go mine. I always know the secret. I'm never going to say it. Unless you know, worse comes to worse, and you really force my hand to divulge that. So, I feel like we're going to be uh waiting to see what happens coming with that, coming up with that in the weeks to come. The uh, the other big storylines we got this week is what I loved about uh, this week is that we've got uh, everything that's been coming down on Michael, we've got uh, we've got that stuff with Wiley, we've got the whole ELQ stock drama going on. And it is all centered around Valentine. And it was nice that the, the 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 show this week replayed the the clip. They had a nice little flashback for for Valentine while he was sitting there in the, uh, the metro court, remi- uh, reminding all of us about what went down when uh, Sasha was about to come clean to Nina about the truth that she wasn't that uh, what she wasn't really her daughter. And which happened around Valentine uh, Halloween time, where Valentine says to Michael, "You do not want to make an enemy of me." And uh, I remember that scene going down, but it also was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." And so it is a nice touch to have. Uh, everything that's happening to Michael right now is just because of uh, Valentine feeling crossed by Michael back uh, when the revelation about Sasha came to light. So that is cool to see all this coming back. Valentine, uh, there was a nice, uh, nice little bit that the show did with Valentine kind of biding his time, finding those you know those kind of weak points or pressure points on Michael to push. And so he's he's basically making Michael's life miserable right now, and Michael has no idea that uh, Valentine's behind any of it at all. So it all starts off with Nell finally getting her uh ty- her day in court, and everybody's convinced that she's going to go down. I mean, she had the fake passports, we all knew that those were there. I mean, we saw Chase show her in prison, right there about those fake passports. Uh, we had the uh, the assault on Willow, so it's like, hey, how, uh, if she's assaulted a person. She she basically forced her way into an apartment, took a baby, had forged documents and was ready to leave the country. A clear violation of parole. So she's got to go back to Pentonville. But unfortunately, there are no witnesses to what happened to Willow. It is basically just Nell's word against Willow's. There's no other third-party kind of witness. There's no... Video camera recording inside the room. There's nobody else that witnesses this, this assault go down. So they can't, the judge won't allow that to go in. So then it comes down to the passports. And this was kind of lame. I, I mean, I lame, but I guess also cool, is because Valentine's sitting in the courtroom watching this as well. But uh, the DA has to get up there, the, or the assistant DA, while Robert has to sit there and just silently just e silently crow. But the assistant district attorney gets up and says, um, yeah, about those passports, we can't seem to find them. Uh, we don't know what happened to them. They were there. And I went, and went this morning to go get them. They weren't there anymore. So because they have no evidence about this, the the judge says, hey, well, I'm going to dismiss right now, but without prejudice. So if you do find evidence at a later time, we can do all this all over again. We can bring up the charges, have our time in court. But until then, everybody get out of here and now you're a free woman. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, clearly Valentine did something uh, to break into the, uh, the PCBD evidence r- locker room and just take, uh, take that, those passports away, which man, you know, you would think <laughs> with the PCBD, I, we, we, know Sonny's got people on the payroll, uh, whether Valentin has people on the payroll or he just found, uh, somebody and just threw a lot of money their way to go get them the evidence. Uh, that is not the most secure place, you know. There's so much evidence that's ever that's gone missing, uh, you know. And I, I guess you need that to happen for storylines to continue. I mean, nobody wants to see it just all wrapped up. Well, actually, I would like to see it all wrapped up. Where it's like, "Yep, I guess I'm busted. I'm going back to Pentonville," and then she's off. Well, I would like that. And maybe some other people would. Uh, the show's got to you know kind of milk the drama for as long as they can. So you've got to have the, the police seem like fools at many points along the way to let the the bad guys escape long enough to cause some more mischief before they're ultimately brought down. So that's what happens this episode. Uh Nell escapes and or Nell escapes, but Nell gets uh, charges dismissed and immediately turns around and says, "Hey, guess what, Michael? I'm suing you, baby. I'm suing you, baby, because I want that baby Wiley." And nobody's nobody's convinced, least of all Willow, that that Nell really wants Wiley for her reason, for for altruistic purposes. She wants Willow, she wants Wiley just to punish Michael and Carly, and she will sit in that courtroom and she will testify as, you know, as much as she can to let everyone know that Nell is not a person you would want to be the mother of the child and have sole custody of. So we've got that kind of courtroom drama lying up. And before we actually get to uh, that whole heated part, we do get a, a nice conversation between <laughs> Valentine and uh, Nell, where... Valentine says, "Hey, yeah, yeah, you're 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 free now because you know of me, and I got rid of those fake uh, pass, or those passports." Uh, but I, I liked at the end of it where Nell just says, "Hey, yeah, I mean, you know, I was wondering if maybe you want to get something, you know, get a drink or something. Uh, you're single, I'm single, we get to kind of figure it out." And I like Valentine just shuts that down immediately. It, it was great that Nell's like, "Yeah, hey, why don't why don't I just see if I can, you know, hook up with you? Maybe get some more money. That'd be great." But Valentine just shuts it down. A nice little scene that I enjoyed there. Uh, but one other person that's taken a keen interest in Nell is Obrecht. Uh, of course, Obrecht was the one that helped deliver the baby and uh, knows that uh, Nell is lying about uh, not being in her right mind or being passed out when she wanted to go pass uh, uh, swap the baby. Obrecht knows what the deal is. But, of course... Uh Obrecht doesn't want anybody to know that she was involved in it because, you know, that's going to put some eyes on her that, you know, she doesn't want right now because she's trying to turn her life around. You know, she has a scene earlier in the week with Maxine Peter and saying, hey, you know, I've been gone for a while. This was good. It was time away. And it helped me kind of just you know, work on myself and make me realize that, yeah, I've got to let go of the past. I let this this anger uh, about Nathan's death uh Just hold on. It it grabbed my heart and held onto it for too long, and I was incredibly cruel to you, Peter, so I want to apologize. And Peter accepts the apology. I mean, I feel like Peter is not really accepting it, but for Maxie's sake, we'll accept the the apology. So it feels like Obrecht is trying to turn a new leaf because, you know, she's got a great relationship with Maxie, wants to be near uh, her grandson as well. So he wants to be by, by baby James, sweet baby James and also wants to get a shot, if Maxie's never around, to try to find the, the Colonel's uh, secret recipe that is still uh, hidden inside Maxie's apartment. Always know, any scene inside Maxie's apartment, the Colonel's secret recipe is uh, nestled away on one of those bookshelves. Just know that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So she doesn't want this to go uh, get out because I could uh, damage her, could get some... It could get Sunny's eyes on her if she finally like, oh, wow, you were part of this baby swap.
0: All righty, Frank. Sorry to interrupt, but I do believe we have oh. our favorite guest, Miss Carla Renata.
1: Well, What's well,
0: up? well.
1: Carla Renata, look at you. Man. Look at you. Look at this. You're a big bridging <laughs> media empire. You, you've got fresh off the set, and you've decided to call into the GH report.
2: I am so sad I am not there for the GH report. You know, General Hospital is my jamity jam jam, and I am so sad that I'm not there. I thought we would have wrapped a little earlier, but alas, that was not the case. But I had to at least call in and support my brother, Frank, and not leave you completely hanging.
1: (laughs) No worries. Well, I've been talking a lot to these people about this past week. What have you thought about this past week?
2: Oh, my dear. I'm just, you know, I was loving it when um, Miss Portia showed up. She was like, "Mm -hmm." she's like, yes, that's my kid. Get your hands off and, you know, go away. I love that. I love that now we actually know who the mother and the father of Trina are. And it's unfortunate that she lost her father the way that she did. I was kind of sad that they, um, got rid of real Andrews so quickly,
1: aren't you? You know, I, and I was talking with that with the uh, the, the viewers before you hopped on. Uh, do you think it's real, or do you think he's kind of faking his own death to kind of hide low so that the heats off him and he can come back and attack Cyrus later?
2: I, you know, I'm conflicted about that. I honestly don't know, but it felt really real to me. It felt like it wasn't a fake out. And I was just like, "Oh man, this sucks!" Like they just got, she just got a familial unit that we saw on camera, and now they're gonna split up a happy home. <laughs> no,
1: and for at first I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fake. This is fake." But then when they cut back into the the room and you saw his dead body there, while Trina's holding his hand and Jordan's in the room, I was like, "Man, he's not holding his breath that long." So. I'm just,
2: I'm just saying, yeah. that's why I was like, oh man, this really kind of sucks. I was I was really, really, I was sad about that. I was, I'm not even on front. Yeah. I was upset because I thought, oh, this is good because he had so many ties to Port Charles. There were so many things that could have gone wrong, that would have gone wrong, that were about to go wrong. And it, I was looking forward to them exploring him in that role a little bit more. I was sad to see that it didn't play
1: out. Yeah. You know, uh, the one thing about the storyline that bugged me, not that is a, a beat that kind of always rubs me the wrong way. And it, it applies to uh, in general, I think, overall, is um, when Cameron and Trina are talking and she says, oh, hey, uh, when Cameron says, oh, you know, I, I, I lost Franco, too. And Trina says, oh, yeah, but, you know, you got him back. And I feel like that happens a lot in soap where people will try to sympathize with somebody because they've gone through that experience. But the person, the other person mm-hmm. will say like, oh, no, 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 but my person's really dead. You got your person back. And so as to dismiss their feelings, where I'm like, yeah, okay, that might be true. But in that moment when they lost them, they know exactly how you feel. They may have gotten that person back and that's great, mm-hmm. but they still know because they, they felt that in that same moment.
2: Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you on that one. It's like, it's never really a good thing to um, dismiss somebody else's feelings, especially when it, in regards to um, a loved one that's been lost. You know, that's just never really a good idea. Um, <laughs> I love what I also was loving, well, not but loving, but not really, was Molly running around trying to explain why she didn't want to marry TJ. I'm like, girl. You didn't diss him and made him feel like a fool. There's no explaining that away.
1: What do you think the odds are that uh, that TJ's been kidnapped by one of Cyrus's men, or do you think he's just hanging low and just texting his mom saying, "I just need some time to kind of sort myself out"?
2: No, I think he's been kidnapped. They're gonna have. There's gonna be a full-on investigation and rescue mission that's gonna have to happen for them to get him back. But I knew that he had been kidnapped the minute she said that he. When the discovery happened where she said that she that he hadn't come home, that he left the restaurant after she said she didn't want to marry him, but then he didn't come home. And she said, he's never not come home. Yeah. And so she was really upset about it. And I knew in that moment, I'm like, oh, Lord, they didn't snatch poor little DJ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Carl, how do you feel about, because Curtis says, hey, all right, you've lost Taggart. You're the last person standing uh, of the original four that brought Cyrus down. We've got to save you. We've got to figure out what to do. And he tries to offer the idea of like, hey, I'll be the go-between between between you, Jordan, and Sonny and Jason. And Jordan is adamant. I will not work at all with Sonny Corinthos. Is Jordan being stubborn, or too stubborn for this?
2: Hell yeah. She being a hot butter mess. Like, I'm going to need you not... Look, all I know is if that was me, more people that I knew, and that in myself, and of the four people that this person is after, three of them is gone, I would be trying to line myself up with anybody that was going to keep my life alive so that I could spend, you know, watch my son get married, watch my son have some kids, be a grandmama. Like, I need for that to go down. I think she's being ridiculously stubborn, but I think it's more because not so much that she's being, like, I'm being a pill, but more so along the, fi- along the lines of I think that Cyrus has more on her than they're letting us know at the moment.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know. And
2: I said this before. I said this before. I feel like that relationship between them is a little deeper than we know.
1: Oh, interesting. I'm just saying. I got that. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I do. You know, but I have to get you. Know, Curtis, for as well as intention as he is, he has the worst poker face because, because like when when Sonny and Jason are putting it together, going well, clearly, Jordan's done something to Cyrus, or Cyrus has something in Jordan. What's going on between the two of them? Well, I gotta go talk to my wife, and then just leaves. Like, come on, Curtis, you gotta be smoother.
2: Yeah, I, I saw him do that. That was just—he did kind of just like say that out of nowhere and bounce. I was like, "Dude, really?" Yeah, I mean, you... <laughs> I agree with you. I was like, "I'm gonna need you to—I'm gonna need you to have a little bit more finesse in that
1: situation." <laughs> yeah, exactly, because you all but confirm that. Yeah, there's something shady going on, but I'm not telling you guys. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Curtis. Yeah, it, it
2: was crazy. What do you think is gonna happen next week? Do you think we're gonna find out about TJ?
1: I I feel like it is, but you know, then I also feel like we kind of hit that same. I mean, I guess we'll have to see how it's different because I feel like kidnapping has just been basically we kidnapped Trina, so now we've just kidnapped TJ, and we're going to try to lure lure Jordan to this abandoned warehouse. Uh, I'll be curious to see how they make it different. Or if that's- yeah,
2: I'm 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 really like. Are you like? I'm, I'm curious to know what you think um, as we close up the show because I know it's about that time. But I'm really loving the trajectory that the writers are taking with the show now. It's really a lot more interesting. It's not as predictable as it was. We kind of don't see things coming, like that thing with Taggart. I didn't see that coming.
1: Uh, I would agree. The one thing I was telling the audience before, just before you called in is that I really loved the uh, the flashback scene they played with Valentine from last Halloween when he tells Michael, "You don't want me as an enemy." To really re- uh, to remind me, I thought it was great of why. Valentine is ringing, ringing all this hell down on Michael right now. Whether it's EQ right. stocks, whether it's helping Nell get out and just cause a bunch of grief in his life about Wiley, I've been. I, I love that it's Valentine and why he's doing that.
2: I love that too. I totally agree with you on that that point. It's like I said, the writers are killing it right now. They really got some great stuff going down, and I just, I, I, I love where they're going. They need to keep doing more of it. It's keeping us fans like you and I and the kids in the chat room engaged and interested, I think.
1: One other thing I'm going to ask you as we're getting closer to the wrap-up is we've, we see Brooklyn. She's been struggling. She's stuck under this contract. She she gets Julian to try to rough up the manager. And I do like that the manager finally says to Valentine, like, "What? you know, you didn't tell me my life was going to be threatened. Like, what am I doing with, about all this? And Valentine finally says, well, hey, if she's getting Julian involved, she's clearly ready to sell, so let's try to do this. She's desperate enough. So the manager goes to Brooklyn and says, hey, all right, sell me your stock and give me your shares in ELQ. You get your contact broken and we're all good. Uh, Olivia has a conversation with Brooklyn. And at no time does she – like I was frustrated that Brooklyn never says exactly what they're, what the manager is asking of her. And uh, you feel like Olivia gave her the worst advice at that moment. Where just like, yeah, he...
2: I feel like I, I feel like I need to see a better I need to see a better relationship or even better dialogue between Brooklyn and Olivia, because every time they're together, the conversation just seems very angry all the time. And it's always coming from a place of anger on Olivia's part. It's almost like she's mad that his daughter has come to town and jacked up her, her time with her hubby.
1: Yeah, I don't know why you know all why is she so frustrated. But when she says, "Hey, if you can live with what you have to do to get out of this contract, then then do it." I feel like ugh, that's the worst thing to say to Brooklyn right now. Because
2: yeah, because Brooklyn Brooklyn just reacts. Yes. she doesn't think she doesn't think about anything. She, you're right. That's the worst thing she he, she could have possibly said because Brooklyn is not a rational person. I mean, this is the same person that, like you said got into a record deal, and didn't read her contract. Yeah. You a quartermain? If you don't know how to do nothing else, you need to know how to read a contract.
1: I, I will at least give Br- uh, the writers in Brooklyn credit for when he does offer to take the ELQ shares in exchange for the contract, that she does say, wait, hold on a second, It starts rattling some business jargon at him. She's like, you, do you even know what that <laughs> even means? And he's like, no, well, I don't know. It's like well, why do you want I feel what's you smart enough to like what's your what's your angle what's your agenda why do you want these So <laughs> exactly But I, I mean <laughs> I feel like for the storyline purposes she's got to sell she's got to trade the stocks right
2: Yeah I, I yeah I just feel like I'm I was excited about Brooklyn coming to Port Charles and now I'm starting to get bored because it's like a broken record that keeps playing
1: Yeah it's just like, uh,
2: you know, we keep, we keep, right. We keep talking about this, this manager. We keep talking about this contract. It's like, we need to have a resolution to that. And I know it's not on the, the front burner of what they're trying to accomplish in the storyline of things with, you know, other characters, but I don't, I need for this not to be the only point of contention that she has to discuss when she has screen time.
1: And I can't imagine that. Well, I mean, I guess we're going to say when, uh, Michael E. Knight comes back, uh, and to see how much stock from ELQ that he's able to get from other people out on his European adventures. Because I can't imagine that Nell's share that he got, as well as if he gets Brooklyn's share, is enough to really do any damage at ELQ. I mean, he'll be a nuisance, but he won't be able to do much damage.
2: <clears throat> but we have to remember that Nell doesn't really have any stock in the real scheme of things. She thinks she has stock because of um, – what's, what's the boy's oh, name? Oscars, yes. Shiloh she think she thinks she has stock because of Shiloh we now know that that's not true because Shiloh was I mean Wiley was not Shiloh's kid so and technically she doesn't really have any stock
1: yeah well yeah I mean we're still waiting for that to be arbitrated so I don't even know how she could sell this to begin with that's all for I feel like that's be exactly
2: go.
1: uh Carla Renata holy cow thank you so much for calling in I know the fans loved it Taking time out of your super important Sunday. I'm so glad.
2: Hey, y'all. I miss y'all, but I will see y'all next week for sure, for sure, for sure. And, Frank, thank you for holding it down as always. I love you to death.
0: Absolutely. Oh, the crowd goes wild. Uh, Carla.
2: And who we got engineering? Is it Josh?
0: Of course. It's me, Carla. And Josh. And the fans are loving you calling in. Frank
2: are holding it down. I love y'all for that.
1: Now, Carla, you've been working on some awesome stuff, so if the folks want to follow whatever you're doing, where's the best place they can find you?
2: You guys can find me at the rest of Season 5 of Superstore at NBC on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. Always, always, always. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can find me at the Curvy Critic with Carla Renata at Black Hollywood Live on Sundays right before the GH report. And you can also find me on Facebook and YouTube for season three of You Know That Scene, which is a show produced by Focus Features.
1: Uh, In fact, you were filming that today. I was filming
2: that today. That's why I'm not there and I'm on the phone.
1: Look at that. Because we
2: wrapped a little later than I had anticipated.
1: Look at that. That media empire every week just gets a little (laughs) bit bigger and
0: wider. It's great.
1: Carla, thanks so much for taking time out of of your Sunday. (laughs) Thanks for calling in, Carla. We'll see you next Sunday in person.
2: See you next Sunday, 6 o'clock, the GH Report, baby.
1: That's right. Bye, Carla all right folks uh thanks much for joining us I, I i was glad that carla was able to call in so we got a little bit of the uh the back and forth that i know you guys enjoy so much but as always thanks for watching and a like us on facebook give us five stars on itunes right. subscribe to the youtube channel and thank you everybody for hopping in the chat giving carla some love for taking time out of her sunday to give us a call here but uh if you want to stay in touch with yeah well you know how to find carla but if josh if they want to stay in touch with you where can they find you
0: they can all find me at TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at joal L three two three.
1: That's right. If you want to talk about Warheads, uh, you know, Josh is your boy. He's ready to have all that hot Warhead talk. I'll be ready. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. Folks, we'll be back here next Sunday with Carla in person in studio, fingers crossed, for an all-new episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV.
0: See you later, folks.